Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by TennesseeTickets.com. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Thingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. You like our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make everything happen for our show, for our business, and they help you guys out. TennesseeTickets.com. Preds back in town later after a bad loss last night. But regardless, also two big events in Nashville going on sale Friday. Rolling Stones, Nissan Stadium, Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, Bridgestone Arena. Those tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. TennesseeTickets.com is where you're going to save your money there. And promo code AZ10 for an extra $10 off. TennesseeTickets.com is where to go. Renters Warehouse, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where you should turn to find out how much your home can rent for. Because there are alternatives to selling your home. RentersWarehouse.com, you can create an extra cash flow for you and your family and continue to build equity in the home that you already own. And Renters Warehouse does all the work for you. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go. Mandu, Mandu is the pulse of fitness because one 15-minute workout of electronic muscle stimulation over your full body, that one 15-minute time period simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. The results are real because the science is real. Uh, the in-body analysis and Amandu can also help you achieve your fitness goals in 2020. Uh, get the results like I have, down 8% body fat since the summer. Mandu.com, your first workout is always free. Go check it out. It's just 15 minutes at Mandu.com. The pulse of fitness here in the Nashville area. So, <clears throat> Zach, we're, we're going to pause your toe diagnosis guesses uh, because Brandon throws up gangrene. We'll get to that later on. It's not gangrene. It's not. Uh, so, respect. The Titans and Titans fans have always been looking for the respect around the NFL when it comes to the national media the ESPNs, the, the the NFL Network. It's why aren't the Titans respected? Why aren't the Titans talked about in NFL circles? Well, they haven't been good for a long period of time. But nine and seven for four straight years, they're winning season. They're getting winning records over the last few years. Still not that much respect. Go to the AFC Championship game. Now let's reset the conversation. Where are the Titans right now? and the respect level around the NFL, Zach, what you think? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, you know, respect is earned, it's not given. And the Thanks, Coach. The well, that's that's LeBron, brah. So Yeah, LeBron came up with that? Yeah. He he created that. Th- that. Well, he revolutionized it. He was the first it. time anybody ever said that was LeBron. James. Well, he put it to the forefront. A lot of young people oh, he, now know about that more than anybody on, else. LeBron posted on Instagram. Yeah, yeah he, he got millions that. of followers. So respect. <laughs> you respect LeBron. Nobody and then ever we'll start said, talking nobody about. ever said in the history of man. Respect is, is earned not given now, before LeBron James. LeBron okay. started that and sure. put that to the forefront. Okay. So now we've got that established. Earned, not given. And if you look around the NFL, the, the the teams in the franchise that have the respect, the 49ers, they're well-respected. The Green Bay Packers, they're well-respected. The Patriots and the Steelers, those are kind of like the blue bloods of the NFL where wherever they go, you know, they're a good-run franchise. It's not like the Jags. It hasn't been like the Oakland Raiders of old because of the transition from Al Davis to Mark Davis. We'll see what the Las Vegas Raiders become. But the Tennessee Titans, they haven't really been respected for uh, quite some time because they went through a big, big period of losing. Let's just face it. They only went to the playoffs once, 2008, during a long stretch when they had 
Vince Young and Jake Locker and Charlie Whitehurst and Zach Mettenberger and all those, let's say, bad quarterbacks. Now they're getting into kind of a new era. You talked about the four straight seasons of nine and seven. We talk about a playoff window opening up. It opened up three years ago when they went nine and seven. Marcus Mariota beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Then the following year, Mariota didn't play in week 17. They missed the playoffs, but on the cusp, right? Mm -hmm. Right there in the conversation. And then we all know what happened this past season. Going on a magnificent run, let's just face it. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, the play of the offense and the defense alike, they went to the AFC Championship. But the question that we are posing now is how much respect did the Titans earn from the NFL through their run last season? Right. Now, Zach, you you went through basically all 32 franchises, and you've placed the Titans 1 through 32. You've placed them in where you think they land on this respect ladder that we came up with this morning. So a lot of good comments, like James says, no Lombardi, no respect. I'm okay with that. There's some fair. That's Roderick fair. says, still not respected, and everyone thinks it was just a lucky year. That's fair. I Sean, think a lot of people think that. Sean going out our LeBron comment uh, earlier. Uh, Trevor's quoting John Cena, hustle, loyalty, respect. Uh, Jason says, I believe the Titans are still irrelevant in the national media. It will take a few playoff seasons to earn it. Um, Dwayne says the Titans are not respected because of the ownership. I think that's an interesting comment because of the perception of the ownership across the NFL, where Nashville and the Titans fan base has a great deal of respect for how Amy Adams Strunk has carried herself and how she has run the organization since taking over about three years ago. But that it takes a lot. That's the whole thing is Amy Armstrong's done a great job over the last three years. But it takes a long time for the rest of the NFL to catch up and to start paying attention to what Amy Adams Strunk has been doing the last three years. Like For us and for you guys, we recognize the changes and the effort put in there and the investment from her pretty immediately. But it, it's delayed a delayed process around the country of, of earning that. Respect. I agree with Hunter. Hunter says teams respect the Titans more than the news outlets do. And I think a hundred percent that is correct. I think overall the national news media, besides maybe Kyle Brandt, Kyle Brandt has, I don't know, some place in his heart for the Tennessee but Kyle Titans. Kyle Brandt and everybody on that show, and this is not a personal attack to Kyle Brandt because I think he's But he very, talks about the Titans more than anybody. He so, does, he does. So that's why but, I but gave him credit. But that show was created to talk about all 32 that's, teams to that's give all fine. 32 teams social media content. That's fine, but Kyle Brandt, more than anybody other national yeah, news maybe there. they drafted, maybe there's there's four people on that show, maybe they drafted uh, Eight I don't teams think that's how that prop works. Up. I, again, I'm joking. Uh, but, 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 then don't, but we're talking a serious conversation. Okay. I, that, 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 I think, is a facade. So the reason why I say that is I agree with Hunter is I think the teams know what Kyle, what kind of style of football the Titans like to play and how John Robinson has built this roster. But I also think that two things can earn you respect. Well, I'll go ahead and say three because I think the first one we already kind of touched on. I think that's history. I think if you've been in this league for a long period of time, like the Steelers, like the Packers, like the Patriots, like they, the, the history shows the, that respect has been earned. I think the two other things that are very, very simple, and this is the fast track to respect. 
Super Bowl victories, yeah. that's an easy, easy way to get respect in this league. Hard because, to accomplish, but it's the fastest way to earn respect. And the reason why is millions of people are going to watch you, right? Sure. you got millions of eyes on you throughout the course of the playoffs and in the biggest game in America all year on television. The other thing I think that earns you immediate respect, quick, right out of the gates, is a generational talent at the quarterback position. We've seen this. Now, it, like some have been paired, right? The Baltimore Ravens have won Super Bowls, and then they just got Lamar Jackson MVP. There was Joe, def- Joe Flacco was he wasn't not, a genera- he was not generational. He was a generation. So that was, doesn't check the box that I'm was, trying to but, talk about. But he was good enough to doesn't check the box that I'm trying to talk about. Okay. Patrick Mahomes checks the box that I'm trying to talk about. A generational talent for a franchise that, let's face it, hadn't been to a Super Bowl since Super Bowl four, had gone to the playoffs. Couldn't win a home playoff game. Joe Montana was there on his scraps on the tail end of his career. And then all of a sudden, and even like three weeks ago, prior to them winning a Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs had been well-respected for about two years because of the generational talent that was Patrick Mahomes. This is one thing that has eluded the Tennessee Titans. Like Steve McNair was great in the eyes of, I think, Nashvillians, in the eyes of local NFL football fans. But on the national level, I don't know if Steve McNair was re- as well-respected as a generational talent as he should have yeah, been. Yeah, you, uh, you brought up Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' irrelevancy and then what they've done now with Patrick Mahomes and the first time they've made a Super Bowl since Super Bowl Four. The crazy thing about the Chiefs is they went 34 years between a quarterback they drafted that won a game for them. Todd Blackledge was drafted in 1983 and started games, won games for the Chiefs. Then the Chiefs went until they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Retreads. Before they drafted a quarterback who started and won a game for them. That is absurd. That is one of the crazier stats in the NFL. And shortly after, Mahomes won his first game as a starter to snap that 34-year-old streak. He went to the Super Bowl and he won the Super Bowl and then had an MVP on the road to that as well. So I get right. The Chiefs respect and the level of fear that they put in other NFL teams is at an all time high right now. And it's not going to go away anytime. soon. Here's another example. We'll talk about some of these teams that I have on my list that really it's asking you. And to clarify my my McNair comment, I think there's a huge difference between the way that the NFL and listen to me, the NFL looks at the Hall of Fame quarterbacks like Jim Kelly and Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl, and how they look at Steve McNair, who never won a Super Bowl. I think that the NFL looks at Warren Moon a lot differently than they look at Steve McNair. I also think there's a difference in how, when we're talking, when we say how the NFL looks at things, there's, I think the NFL players look at things differently. Like Steve McNair was one of the most respected guides from the NFL players, but not necessarily from the NFL front office. Right. Well, that goes to Hunter's point. Right. And and worse, earlier somebody brought up in the on Periscope, I, I think, said that they think the Titans are more respected by other players than they are the actual media. I think that's kind of been the the truth over the course of the Tennessee Titans' existence. And Roderick brings up a point, and look, we've covered the Tennessee Titans. I've covered it for 10 years. You're close to that, Austin. You sit there, and Roderick brings up a point. Is He says, I think it's sad when the Titans beat teams, and it's always that the opponent didn't play well. 
Like, that is usually the rhetoric that gets skewed. Yeah, Lamar Jackson was rusty, and he wasn't playing well, and now he's 0-2 in the playoffs. Not necessarily that the Titans' defense only gave up 12 points because they put the guy in really tough situations, and the Titans' defense won those battles. Correct. Jason brings up a question. Can Ryan Tannehill be a generational quarterback? No. Ryan Tannehill is not a generational quarterback. No, no, no. No, that wasn't the question. Can he become that? Yes. No, he can become. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't win a Super Bowl. He just can't become a generational quarterback because there are other quarterbacks around him that are better and considered more talented that are generational guys. I'm going to throw out a scenario because I understand where you're coming from. But he's already been to an AFC championship in this, let's say, decade. He's 31 years old. So he's got, I'd say, what, six solid years if he does turn out. So that that's that's a roundabout. He let's say he does win a generational. Super Bowl. What if he goes to three AFC Championship games, two Super Bowls, and wins one of them? Ryan, T- oh, look, it's a far fetch, yeah, right? I mean, that's, it's a huge. Yeah. You're asking, you're saying a lot's going to happen because. But but that's the question the from Jason. Did something for the first time in 17 years. But that's J- but Jason's no, asking. If you're laying that, so can it if happen? If you're laying that on the table, I, I still don't think Ryan Tannehill is viewed as a generational quarterback. Well, he's not viewed as that. Can he be? No, I, I, even if you're what misconstruing you, the question. Okay, I, I don't even know if even if what you just laid out there happens, which is win one Super Bowl, go to two, and go to three AFC titles. I still don't think people will view Ryan Tannehill as a generational quarterback. And you know what? I would agree with you. <laughs> the reason why is I think we are so used to looking at these young, talented quarterbacks that start from inception of the draft and see what they do throughout the course of the year. Will they fail like EJ Manuel and Christian Ponder, or will they succeed like look at what Patrick Mahomes is trending on doing? All right. So I, I want to get to your chart that you have. I want to figure out where you have the Titans when it comes to level of respect here on A to Z Sports. And I'll also add this. The reason why I believe you are correct, Ryan Tannehill has already failed for an extended amount of time. In Miami, he was labeled a failure. Let's just face it. He was not. He was a first-round quarterback that didn't turn out, had to go to another team, got and, traded. And when I think of generational, I think of like Zion, LeBron, or generational talents. I think of Aaron Rodgers as a generation generational like thrower and talent. Patrick and Mahomes. Mahomes is a new generational talent. I, Lamar Jackson could be. Not yeah, saying he is. Well, because he has the because opportunity. He's a different. He's built differently in how he plays the game. But Fair. generational usually goes to talent level, not necessarily like mindset. Because I would not call Tom Brady a generational talent. He is a generational superstar, no doubt about that. All right, so let's get to a little bit of respect, yes, fellas. All right, I've got a list of teams. I went through the 32 teams. I did my research. I'm coming to play today. I believe that they are. there are eight teams right now, and I'm going to list them, that the Titans are respected more than. They are above these teams in the eye of what they've been previously, what they are currently, how the league views them. That's how I believe it. Okay, so eight teams that the Titans are more respected than. We'll get to those eight here. But first, TennesseeTickets.com, Zach. That's who uh, you need to tell the people Yes, Friday, 10 a.m. Set your watches, all right? Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, they go on sale, as well as the Rolling Stones. Those those concerts, those the stand-up concerts, 
We've got you covered at TennesseeTickets.com. 10 a.m., make sure you're right there. We're going to give you $10 off at checkout. There's no hidden fees either. If you want to go to Ticketmaster or StubHub, you're going to pay a lot more money than you are at 10 a.m. when the Rolling Stones and Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle, those concert tickets go on sale. Go to TennesseeTickets.com. We are hooking you up. Great deals right there. 10 a.m. on Friday for those concert tickets. That's TennesseeTickets.com, promo code AZ10 checkout. Yeah, A to Z Sports, powered by TennesseeTickets.com. Crazy that those two Nashville events go on sale at the same time. That's, that's just awesome for what the city uh, is going on right now. Two great shows there. Uh, but, all right, so what, who are the eight teams that the Titans have more respect than, like, right now? I think we're starting out and agree or disagree with these eight teams. Okay, I'm going to write them down just this, so I can. This is my that. personal opinion. Okay. The Cardinals. Yep. The Lions. Yep. The Redskins. Yep. The Jets. Yep. The Dolphins. Yep. The Bengals. Yep. The Bucks. Yep. And the Jacks. Yep. Hard to argue that the Titans, the Titans are more respected than those eight teams in the league. No doubt. Like I no doubt like the the Dolphins being in Miami Props him up a little. The Dolphins bit, are trash Dolphins and have are, been for so long. Absolutely, but the Dolphins—they're a bad I, I think, run organization. They got a bunch of celebrity owners. They don't care about the games. Nobody shows up. No, Nobody I, cares again, about the Dolphins. I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I think, but I think the Dolphins have the best chance of. There's no chance <laughs> of the eight teams. The Dolphins have the best chance of those eight to at some point climb out of this. But okay, now where I agree that. And you did not list the Browns on that so, list. So, so, uh, look, I, I've, I've got a, a plethora of teams that we're going to go through. Okay. I've got the tweeners that I think the Titans are right around. And this is where we're going to have to separate. I think you can make arguments. That's why I, the Dolphins, I put them there because that's where they need to sure, be. Sure, sure, sure. These other teams, I think you can make some arguments. Look, I have feelings that the Titans are above some of these teams. I have feelings that the Titans could be and below Titans some of these teams. Titans says respected by whom? That's very grammatically correct there. But respected by in the NFL. Like across the NFL, who has the most respect when it comes to franchise as a franchise in and, the and NFL? They, like NFL football fans, look, people watching this show right now, you guys have a good thermometer of like exactly what's going on right you know that people respect the Steelers even though they didn't make it to the playoffs this year yeah Rod right? says the Jags get more respect because they have a swimming pool in the stadium and that's a funny comment but that's not true right the Jags are a poorly run organization that just fired their operations manager and Tom Coughlin Doug Marone had a catch year no, a couple he's, years he's ago he's saying they get more respect because of the pool than their play oh okay no, oh, you're talking about individually the Jags the Jags so yes, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. now I understand yeah, that comment yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so I've got six teams that I think you could argue where do the Titans fall into Six, this? these six tweeners, okay. Yes, so right now, if you do quick math, the Titans are at 24. Because they're above eight, that's what math works. Correct. All right, here are my six teams that you could argue. Okay. I put the Browns in there because of Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and that whole thing that went on this year. Okay. I put the Bills in there because of Sean, De- Sean McDermott's defense, Josh Allen as a quarterback, and then making the playoffs. I put the Raiders in there because what they've done previously, now they're moving to Las Vegas. I also put the Los Angeles Chargers in there because of Phillip Rivers. I think they he's held a torch for a long time for that franchise. I know he's moving on. I put the Denver Broncos in there as well because they've won a Super Bowl here recently. 
recently as far as five years ago, mm-hmm. but still Peyton Manning. They're a well-run organization. And then finally, I put the Bears in there because of the longevity of what the Bears have been. Yeah. They went to the playoffs last year. They've got a big fan base. Those are the six teams. Browns, Bills, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, and Bears. And one asks, who is this? Like, is this respect to who? It's Zach's opinion. This is Zach's list of franchises that the Titans are kind of comparable with when it comes to NFL-wide respect. And Titans for Life, I know you were grammatically correct. That's why I said it. So I think the Broncos have more organizational respect than the Tennessee Titans. That's easy for me to say. I would agree with that. I think, um, I think the Bears do as well. Chicago market size plays into it. They've won a Super Bowl. They've been to another. The Super Bowl they've won has been so long ago, but they still won it. People still talk about this defense is like the 85 Bears. And as, as, as long as that lives on, the Bears will be respected in the NFL as an organization. I agree with that. And again, I put these out there so us, for us to sure, talk about sure. it. The reason another caveat is regardless of the Bears have a good or a bad season, they get primetime games. Correct. The Titans have to have a good season to get more primetime games. With Phillip Rivers out of L.A. and out of the Chargers and the Chargers situation of not being able to have their own fans in a soccer stadium in L.A., I and because they could well, that's not, no they're going to a new stadium. Yeah, now. but they're going into the Rams stadium. Like they're they're sharing that because they couldn't get a stadium deal in San Diego. So now they had to play in a soccer stadium. Now they're going into the Rams stadium that Cronkies building. It's more the Rams stadium yes, than there. Yes, and stadium. so that's where I think the Chargers are behind the Titans in this organization. I, I also think, would agree I think with that. the Browns are such a laughing stock. Even Baker Mayfield is in the news again. The tabloids, if you don't want to call it news, again. Backseat rider. Yeah, yeah. In the backseat tabloids uh, this past weekend. I think the Browns, the Chargers are behind uh, the Titans. I think the Bills and the Raiders are very interesting because Bills Mafia is a thing. The Buffalo Bills and what they were in the 90s in four straight Super Bowls, they became a laughing stock, but their fan base is so loyal. But what have they done? They went to one playoff game with Tyrod Taylor, and they just made their second appearance in a couple of decades this past year with Josh Allen, who had that ridiculous lateral. I just think the Titans are not on the uh, the level of attention around the NFL that the Bills are on. So I think I have to put the Bills ahead of the Titans. Do you think that the Bills benefit from being in the same division of the Patriots? Like, they benefit, like, the, this past year they were on Sunday Night Football because Bills, Patriots. Well, they play against the Patriots, so I guess you're saying they get two opportunities to, to be on, to be, you know, seen more. I guess, but I, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. I think it's more because they have a fan base that matters. So like, you're saying the Bills are lumped in now with the Broncos and the Bears. Yes. So now that leaves us with the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders move. If the Raiders are staying in Oakland, I could maybe put the Titans ahead of the Raiders. But the Raiders are not staying in Oakland. They're going to Las Vegas. And I think that that changes a lot of the NFL. I mean, they've the the Raiders made the playoffs what once with Matt McGloin the year that Derek Carr broke his leg, and besides that, I think Rich Gannon was the, the last quarterback. But the Raiders in matter. the Super Bowl in two thousand and two. If you're talking about the NFL, like the, if the if ESPN was doing a power rankings of teams they were going to talk about, 
from most to least uh, over the offseason, the Raiders would be so much higher than the Titans. And that's just fact. And it's, it's not because the Raiders are a better football team or better or worse run organization. It's just fact. So I put the Raiders ahead of the Titans. All right. So that so all I did was put the Titans ahead of the Browns and Chargers. That leaves the Titans 22nd. Correct. All right. I also have five more teams that I'm going to throw a wrench in. And I think these teams are above the Titans as far as respect. But maybe you can make a case for one or two. I, I had some questions on them. Mm-hmm. All right. Here are my next five teams. Okay. The Colts, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Texans. All right? The reason why I threw those in there, the Colts are going through a big-time change, and they've got a crazy owner. The Vikings, I do think, are respected because I think Zimmer gives them a uh, – I think he gives them respect, and they've been a playoff team consistently the, over the last The Vikings have never been like rock bottom. No, but they've never been to the top. Right, but they've been closer to the top than they have rock bottom. But never won a Super Bowl. Sure, but again, like I think the bottoming out of what the Titans did for most of the early I don't know, the Christian Ponder years? Yeah, but I don't even know if they... Does that consider, is that considered bottoming out? Because... Well, what, what was the, uh, you, know what? you know what happened? You get you you don't think about the Christian Ponder years because Brett Favre replaced Christian Ponder. Because they brought in Brett Favre that one year, they came back immediately in the NFC Championship game when they lost to the Saints. But uh, that that would be the only time where five and ten in in, in two thousand thirteen they, they did get to three and ten in 2011 That's but three then, and 13 three, I'm sorry 313 in 2011 but then they bounced back and made the playoffs so they've never really been rock bottom I still think that people respect the Vikings more than the Titans no doubt so my next team the Falcons hard part about the Falcons I highly recommend watching the 3030 the two-part series it's called Vic very interesting intriguing will make you watch it and want to watch more. So that, But Michael Vick, I bring that up. They've had Michael Vick and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, right? So those, that's why I put the Falcons above the Titans. The Panthers, they've gone to Super Bowls, right? Uh, they went to, uh, well, they've went to two. Cam Newton took them to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Broncos. Jake DeLome went, Jake took them to the Super Bowl. DeLome. Yeah, and, and they lost to the Patriots. Correct. And then you have the Texans, who have never made a Super Bowl. Never made an AFC Championship game. But they have consistently been a playoff team. Yeah, I think uh, the the Panthers are the ones, and the Colts, I think, are way more respected than the Titans, even though Jim Mercer is running the whole It's because of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Exactly. Uh, I think the closest... Generational talent. The closest comparison that the Titans have here is, I think, the Texans and then the Panthers. The Panthers are going because the Panthers have had a lot of black eye issues too because of Jerry Richardson having to sell the team, the uncertainty with Cam Newton over the last few years. They've just had higher highs. Yeah, I I still think the Panthers are more respected at an NFL level than the Titans, and the same thing goes with the Texans. So officially, if we've talked through this, the Titans are the 22nd most respected team in the NFL. Yes. And I think that sounds about right. So the 10 teams we have behind the Titans are the Broncos, the Chargers, no order, Cardinals, Lions, Redskins, Jets, Dolphins, Bengals, Bucks, Jags. Well, that's incorrect because the Broncos and the Bears are more respected. You, you messed that up, unfortunately. But I said Browns, Chargers. 
Uh, you said Broncos, I thought. I said Browns, Chargers, then I said Carl, Cards. Cardinals. All right, so those are the 10 teams. Yes. Uh, I think 22nd is the perfect number. I think it's about right. It doesn't mean that the Titans are the 22nd best team because they're obviously better than that. How high can the Titans go? They can't get top 10. That's impossible. Yes. So they have 12 spots. That's about, that's their ceiling. Yes. The Lions are behind the Titans, G-Man. Yes. Yeah, the Lions are not respected at all. Even they though got, they've had Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, and Matthew Stafford. Because the Lions are that bad. They're that bad. They have nothing to show for it. They have absolutely nothing to show for it. NFC Championship game? No. So <laughs> so how much respect did the Titans gain from going to the AFC Championship game this year? I they, I think they they gained a couple of spots. Just I don't a think a couple it, spots. Yeah, I don't think it was like That's it. They were one they were one of the four last teams in the NFL. And all they did was gain a couple spots yeah. to go from like because one, 24 to 22. Because it's one year, right? Like you have to have some longevity. You have to have some consistency. That's what we talk about on this show day in and day out. How consistent can you be? And at what level is that consistency? Look, we've said nine and seven is great consistency, but you got to be at least. You got to make it to the playoffs every year if you're going to be nine and seven. Robert says, I still think 22 is higher than they actually are. And I guess I did say Broncos instead of Browns. My bad. They're both. Uh, they were next again. To uh, yeah. That's my, that's uh, thank, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank they you guys. Correcting me. So uh, I didn't think I was going crazy. And, and I think that was Juan just said it's a popularity contest that at some point the winning does not matter as much. But the Titans have to be. And that's the thing is the Titans have been consistently, they've been nine and seven on the fringe of the playoffs or in the playoffs for four straight years, yet they don't get the respect because people around the NFL think, oh, the Titans, who cares about them? They're irrelevant. When you're like, well, the Titans are only like one of three teams who have had winning records the last four years. Like, There's not a lot of NFL teams who have been able to put together Four consecutive winning seasons. Here's what a Super Bowl appearance, a Super Bowl win would do a lot. But a Super Bowl, let's say a Super Bowl win, the Titans, if they get a Super Bowl win, they would automatically jump the Raiders, the Bills, the Texans, the Panthers, and the Falcons. And the Vikings. Hell, they would jump one, two, three, four, five, six spots. Six spots they could jump with a Super Bowl. So that gets them 22 minus 6. 16. That gets them to 16. That Tre- gets them, Trevor said 15 is his ceiling. That gives them halfway, halfway through. Mm-hmm. That's about the best they can do. Jason Littlejohn, I think, has a point. He goes, until they win the division, they will stay where they are respect-wise. I, I think the division bumps them up maybe a spot or two, but the Super Bowl is really the one thing that's going to get them well, to, to and, climb. And you know what? Here's a key thing. And give that man a like because I absolutely agree. On it. What the divisional win does is it makes you have home playoff games. Playoff games are viewed by millions and millions of people. Yeah. Now, that Titans logo right in the middle of the field you start to remember it. And if it happens year after year after year and you start to win on that home field, that's where respect is earned. Mm-hmm. A to Z Sports here live on a Tuesday. Did have some some smaller Titans news that just broke a few minutes ago regarding Ryan Tannehill's agent. Uh, so we'll try to get to the bottom of Ooh, this. I did not hear this. You so haven't seen this. I will not look down at my well, computer. There's been a couple people who have commented I will about not, it. No, I, have not, I will not look down at my computer. 
I am here just like everybody else to hear the news. All right, so what's going on with Ryan Tannehill's new agent, and what does it mean uh, Did you for just the tell t- the story? I, I don't. Or have you disclosed what it is? No, I have not. Okay. All right, A to Z Sports. But first, let me tell you guys about RentersWarehouse.com. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for because there are alternatives to selling your house when you move. You can rent your house out to others to have them pay your mortgage and then some. That's creating an extra cash flow for you and your family. You also continue and you keep building equity in the home that you already own because you're gaining equity in the Nashville area faster than you have in over a decade. So why get rid of Why just rid yourself of that equity? Continue to build that and build long-term wealth. Long-term wealth uh, through rental property. Renterswarehouse.com can make that very easy for you. Renterswarehouse.com. I feel like this is a surprise. I've not looked at any sort of screen or technology. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like Christmas. It's kind of like your birthday and somebody gives you a present and you're like, Ooh, what could this be? I have no idea. Via Ian Rappaport, we also have this information on our Instagram feed as well. Uh, Via Ian Rappaport, again, Titans QB Ryan Tannehill has hired new representation prior to hitting free agency or being tagged. He'll now work with Brian Aralt and Todd France of CAA, the same agency that also represents Derrick Henry. So is that good or bad? What does it mean? Yeah, that, I think it, the, the, first, uh, the first question is, what does this mean? Now Ryan Tannehill is represented by the same agent that is representing Derrick Henry. Both are in negotiations with the same team. Now, you've also remember Jarrell Casey uh, switched to Drew Rosenhaus, and that's when he got his $60 million deal from John Robinson a couple years ago. And then Jack Conklin hired Drew Rosenhaus before this upcoming, this past season. So now there's some big name agents that John Robinson's going to have to deal with, with, with his own guys. And so Ryan Tannehill and Derek Henry, the same agency, what does it mean? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I really can't answer what it actually means because I don't know the relationship between John Robinson, the man who would be making the deal for the Titans, and what you know, who he's going to be talking to for CAA. Like, I, we don't know that. Here's, here's where I think it matters. Because Mike Miracles, who actually just joined the show, Mike, Mike Hearn and Music City Miracles, he tweeted this, like, just now. And I think it's a good point. The Titans had reportedly been in talks with Tannehill's previous agent about an extension all the way back in December is when those reports started coming out. A sudden change in representation a month before free agent seems like a potential setback to him, but we'll see. I think that's a really good tweet by... Uh, by Mike Herndon there, who just popped on. So that is, that makes things, it just makes things dirtier, right? It, not dirtier as in like illegal, but just it muddies the water of maybe halting the progress that, the, that John Robinson and Tannehill's people were on. Does it make you hit the reset button and go back to zero? And does well, it mean it, anything it, about Derrick Henry? I, I say it means very little that Derrick Henry and Tannehill are represented by the same people because the agents are going to do the best thing for each individual client. I just think it, and agents do that. But maybe John Robinson has a good relationship with Derrick Henry's agent that they've been talking. Well, because we know. And maybe now, now, so now it's the switcheroo. You just brought that point up. I'll bring this point up. Let's say Agent A, let's just call him that, who represents Derrick Henry for CAA, now is going to be in the negotiations 
with Ryan Tannehill with John Robinson, who's already been talking to Agent A. So if you want to say that's and look, fair point by Mike, but what if this now shifts to somebody that he but, also but is what, familiar with? But we also with? know that there had it's been reported that there had been very little discussion between Derrick Henry's side and the Titans about an extension. Somebody look, the, somebody is gonna play hardball this year. You just wait and see. And this is why this offseason is going to be red hot. It's going to be fire. Now, here's an you know those flames that come off that thumbtack of the Titans logo? That's going to be this offseason because some player is going to play hardball because they feel they have more value than what the team sees. I can't wait for it because then you're going to get into this battle of, look, I'm worth this. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. I'm going to take my talents elsewhere. And then the market's going to say, well, we don't think you're worth that. And then you're going to come back. It's going to be, it is going to be on fire. I can't wait. All right, so, so this is just another thing that steps up in, there's big money. Look at the free agent list of quarterbacks. I mean, that it's, that, it's Tom Brady, you know, and we'll talk about it. But Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Phillip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, your boy Marcus Mariota for everybody out there, and Case Keenum. Case Keenum, very on the bottom of the list, but still, this offseason is filled with storylines. Somebody is going to value themselves a lot higher than every other team values them. So just a previous example of John Robinson signing guys, signing two players of the same agent. Last offseason, Kevin Byard, massive deal. Kenny Vaccaro, really great deal for Kenny Vaccaro. Same agent, David Mulgetta. And so I think... So John Robinson has worked with two of his own players who have the, who share an agent just this past last offseason. So I, I don't think this is that uncommon. And I think a good comment, I need to scroll back from Wesley. Wesley says, when you're represented by CAA, you get access to their legal representation and all their marketing connections. That's the draw. So I, No, it's the perfect time. If I was Ryan Tannehill, I just got come play, comeback player of the year. I just led my team to the AFC Championship he's game. He's upping his age. I had an unbelievable year. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go pay some more money for an agent that historically gets his clients the most money. Okay, I, I'm not as so we're asking this question. Ryan Tannehill just signed with the same agency that represents Derrick Henry. And we're asking the question, what does it mean? I am not as worried as the con- about the connection with Derrick Henry because CAA is a CAA also represents Taylor Lewan, I believe they they're a huge agency right they represent a ton of athletes not just the NFL not just the Titans but everywhere so I am not as worried about Tannehill and Henry being represented by the same people as I am with what Mike Hernan brought up that that Ryan Tannehill changed agents and changed representation mid discussions. Because it was reported by by reputable people back in December that Tannehill and the Titans were discussing long-term options. And now it's February 11th, March 16th. It's the wild, wild west. So you've been talking for two months and now a month left and you've got a curveball. How do you handle that? That's what... I, that's where I'm more interested in seeing how it plays out, not necessarily the correlation between Tannehill and Henry. Well, in this conversation on today's show, we talked a lot about respect up there, if you see on the graphic. I think another thing that plays into respect of a franchise are, 
are free agents, big time free agents. Are they willing to go to your franchise and are they willing to stay at your franchise? That I think that's massive. The Seattle Seahawks have a lot of respect because the, the players, they get paid. They take care of their own. History has shown that. That's why they're well-respected, plus they win football games, plus they've won Super Bowls, or a Super Bowl. So I, I think that goes into this, this conversation. And the Titans have been paying their own guys, and so they've been able to retain their own free agents when they want yeah, to. Yeah, Bayard, Casey, Lawan. Like, they've had it's guys. it's been, like, big money. Like, Lawan was the biggest offensive line contract. Bayard was the biggest safety contract ever at the time. Jarrell Casey was not the biggest defensive line contract, but it was still $60 million. Well, they're going to have to, and uh, we're not going to get into this, but they're going to have to pony up, and they're going to have to pay the biggest running back contract. If they're going to get this deal done. Again, uh, we don't know. We have plans for later this week to discuss Derrick Henry with or without, and and, and so we'll get to that later on. But, uh, you know, I think it is a. It, I think that's that's props to John Robinson for the fact that whenever the Titans have wanted to keep a free agent, they've kept them. They have. Who's the last free agent that the Titans have had walk out on them when well, the, the Titans wanted to keep them? Well, let's just be honest. They haven't had a lot of. They haven't had a lot of those examples. Or great players. Well, that, they have, but they've re-signed them. That's the, no the, the ones that they have. Yeah, you're that's absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's like they have not had a situation where a guy they wanted to keep has gotten away. They they allowed Avery. They allowed Avery Williamson. Go ahead, see ya. Have fun with the Jets. <laughs> this is what they did, and yeah. and he was like, okay, what? And Avery and he got paid. He got paid and he got overpaid. But wins like they they've been cutting some of their guys. Like they have not lost a valuable free agent in their mind to another team in a bidding war. I think you have to that's a, that says a lot about what the Titans are doing in terms. I do think that that's a fair point. Uh I I have seen this a lot because of this news that we just we just kind of saw Hainsworth. Yes, thank you. Titans for life Albert Hainsworth to off- That was a blessing. <laughs> right, but the Titans were wanting to re-sign Albert Hainsworth and I remember this cuz it that deal happened at like 2 a.m. And because I, I went to bed, I was in college, I went to bed and they were talking about Hainsworth opportunities. I woke up and he had $100 million from Redskins. And you know what's funny? And it happened in the middle of the night. If you know the ins and outs of that deal, and Albert Hainsworth have, has said this, which is so ridiculous. He didn't even know the defensive scheme they played. No, he didn't know 3 4 or whatever. And, they, and it was a bad fit for him. But $100 million. And if, it's hard to say no. It's hard. And that to, was a really. It's long hard, time like, ago. for the, for somebody to say, like, "Hey, here's a hundred million dollars," uh, and you'd be like, "Well, I don't fit here, but I'll take the hundred million." Yeah, I mean, that that's a. And Brett brings up Javon Curse, but that was like 2004, right? And he went to the Philadelphia Eagles and and played a good amount uh, for for the Eagles. Oh, I've seen I've seen a lot of people saying package deal, package deal. I, that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. It's separate. That's why I'm not worried about. There's no Tannehill package and deal, yeah. Tannehill and Henry. There's no. I mean, obviously, CAA is going to say, "Hey, bring bring the boys back. They want to play together, right?" But you're going to have to pay for that to happen. I think John Robinson realizes this. the The biggest thing is, and again, as Austin said, we will talk about this further probably later this week. 
A key for a general manager in the NFL in the similar situation that John Robinson is in this season is you have to have backup plans. If Derrick Henry walks, you got to have a plan to have a running back that is right there ready and raring to go. If Ryan Tannehill walks and signs with another team, you got to be able to go out and sign a quarterback that says, look, we want you here. We can continue this trend because the expectations have risen, let's just be honest, because they went to the AFC Championship game. You don't want to have a year, and I always bring this up, like the Baltimore Ravens had after their 2001 Super Bowl where they ditched they ditched Trent Dilfer to go with Elvis Garbach, and they sucked. They were not good. They didn't make the playoffs the following year. You cannot have that type of turnover the following year and not have the results. You just can't because this fan base will go back to where it was, and that's not Nissan Stadium. Yeah, Roderick has two comments <clears throat> that I want to bring up. Roderick says first, he says, do you guys think Tannehill and Henry saved J-Rob's job? I don't think his job was in jeopardy, but <clears throat> he definitely helped out. Then Roderick says, I wish Adam Humphreys was gone. Like, why do you wish Adam Humphreys was, is gone? Like, Adam Humphreys was pretty good until he got hurt, and he missed six games. And then came back in the playoff game. And he came game. back, and it was pretty good again. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like people, because I, I saw I think this. That, I, I think that Titans fans, or maybe this particular one, I don't want to group everybody in there. <clears throat> They casually forgot about Adam Humphreys because of the emergence of AJ Brown and John Usman. Well, it's like they're like, oh, Adam Humphreys getting nine million dollars to do nothing. It's like, well, he was hurt, like he was injured and out, and 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 how quickly you forget Adam Humphreys was leading the team in receptions before he got hurt. So if he would have not gotten hurt, what well, would have happened? That wasn't a very good offense leading up. To well, he got hurt his last. Uh, he got hurt in that Colts game, which was right after the Chiefs win, where he caught the game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs so in was, Week Ten. So that was Week Eleven. He got hurt early in that game against the Colts. But he also played six games out of those eleven with Mariota, which right, which is my point. That why do you want to get rid of Adam Humphreys when Adam Humphreys was your leading receiver and caught the game-winning touchdown pass on your best win of the well, season? Well, I think they're saying that. He's overpaid. Yeah, Dwayne says he makes too much money. He makes nine million dollars. Like, and the Titans, the Titans box scores will never match the other team's box Ch- scores. Hey, the Chad, NFL. Chad was still scoring touchdowns with him on Madden. There you go. So reliable receiver right there. I just don't. I just don't. Under, I don't. Sean says nine million dollars for a slot, pretty pricey. The Patriots wanted to pay him. That, that was that. The, that was the cost. Everybody. Yes, that's that's that the was. cost of doing business. Yeah. $9 million for a slot receiver who's reliable, who converts third downs. Yeah, you want that. And then he got hurt. You would have wished he didn't get hurt. All right, so we'll have to make some adjustments because of that Tannehill news. Right. I think we can save the Titans uniforms because I do think... I like that. I, I, I know. I, and we'll have time to talk about it. We can fine. talk about it either Thurs, on a Titans Thursday this week or on a Friday because we do have uh, a different way of going about talking about Derrick Henry this week. So stay tuned for later this week uh, for those shows. But let's shift to something that happened. We got an email, and I I have a problem with this, but there's nothing that that can happen. We got an email from the Titans saying that the Titans have finalized their coaching staff. There wasn't a lot of detail in that email, but it did insinuate that Mike Vrabel will be calling the Titans defensive plays this year because a defensive coordinator 
has not been named. Well, if because in that email where they said finalize, if you hit Control F and typed in defensive coordinator, it would have said zero results found because they did not mention in that email defensive coordinator once. They talked about linebackers coach. They talked about defensive assistants, uh, assistant special teams coach, finalizing the coaching staff without a defensive coordinator. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Mike Vrabel calling defensive plays for the Tennessee Titans? But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the pulse of fitness. Why is it the pulse of fitness? Because it's full body electronic muscle stimulation. What does that mean? It means you're never skipping leg day when you do Mandu. And it's just a 15-minute workout that simulates five-plus hours in the weight room. The science is real, which means the results can be real if you just take the information that Mandu's given you. Because you also get, along with those 15-minute workouts to save your time, you're getting the in-body analysis machine for a body composition that shows you how to achieve your fitness goals. Mandu.com. Mandu.com. Find the location nearest you, and your first workout is always free. Tell them A to Z Sports sent you. Mandu.com is where to go. It is eSports. We're powered by TennesseeTickets.com. we got 10 a.m. Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle tickets go on sale, so make sure you go to TennesseeTickets.com yes. on Friday. And then also Rolling Stones tickets in Nissan Stadium go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m. So right there. Jeff says slightly down. Steph says thumbs up. Mike knows defense should be fine. A big double thumbs up from Trevor. Um Let's see. Roderick says he's a defensive guy. I'm fine with it. Where are you on, on this? We got another Texas sports says thumbs up. He deserves the benefit well, of the okay. doubt. So the finalized staff, they promoted a couple guys from like assistant to defensive coaches to they promoted a couple. But I think Jim Hazlitt is important to mention in this. Jim Hazlitt, former head coach, former defensive coordinator, long time in the NFL, has a lot of experience was named the linebackers coach to replace Tyrone McKenzie. Because Jim Hazlitt has been added to the coaching staff, that helps Mike Vrabel have somebody to lean on when it comes to play calling and just defensive coordinator duties. I, I, I still think it's weird that there's not a defensive coordinator in title. Like whenever you have a, a head coach who calls plays, like Andy Reid's calling a lot of plays, but Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. Back with the Rams, Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator, but Sean McVay was calling the plays. It's but so there's just nobody in title. What makes me go thumbs down on this is because there's I feel like the safety net is not strong enough for Mike Vrabel to fall back on something because there's no defensive coordinator in title. I, I'm I'm typically always thumbs down on head coaches calling plays, whether it be offense or defense. So I, I got to stay consistent. I'm thumbs down on this. Because Mike Vrabel, we talked about for the first half of the season, bad game management decisions by the head coach. I think there were six times in the first six weeks. And then it was covered up by better offense and more scores. So uh, that's where I'm thumbs down on this. Because I just, I overall... I just feel like Mike Vrabel, while he took steps forward in year two, needs to continue taking steps forward in year three. And I think calling defensive plays makes it harder to accomplish those. So I I kind I, I do agree with you. I, I think the safety net is important and you don't have a safety net. And now you're not going to fire yourself, right? You're just going to relieve the duties to somebody else. I think it's 
it's better to take over those duties if things aren't going well because Mike Vrabel, as we know and as we've learned over the last couple of years as the head coaches, he's a go-getter. He's a do-it. You're like, if it, it's going to be done right, damn it, and I'm going to do it if you can't do it. I do like that about him, right? If you can't get, you know, can't expect somebody to do something correctly. Sometimes you got to do it yourself. Now you don't have that luxury. We know that as, you know, we run business and we have people that do things for us, but sometimes it has to be us and that takes our time and attention away from doing other things. And just does it take Mike Vrabel's attention away? I'm not worried about Monday through Saturday. I don't, like. I think that is fine. I'm all. Of, I'm my only concerns about this are after or in on the game, like in the game. What happens in the game is Mike Vrabel too worried about calling defensive plays and not the overall big game picture. Yeah. So overall, I would say thumbs down as well. I just here's the other hard part though. You got to think about it. He's not going to go out and get him somebody that's better than Dean Pease. And in his mind, he's not going to go out there and get somebody better than him. Right. And so, Jason Littlejohn says he sucked at the Texans, so kind of worried. I think that's unfair. It's not fair to say Mike Vrabel's a bad defensive coordinator because the one year he was a D.C. in Houston, they were bad. Because you have to, like, yes, their defense statistically was bad, but there were a lot of reasons for that, like all of their pro bowlers getting hurt that year. So you have to understand that that's not all on Mike Vrabel. But I, I feel like Vrabel understands, I think, what this next season means in the, you know, the climb of where he wants to go to win a Super Bowl. And he's just not going to get another guy better than Dean Pease that is more trusted than Dean Pease. So you're always going to have doubt if things don't work if because Dean Pease was his dude. It was his guy. Yeah, and then uh, somebody commented. I want to find this because I thought it was uh, Orlando. Orlando says, I think Jim Hazlitt will take over as DC next year, but give him a chance to learn the system. That that could make sense. You like Vrabel's going to do it during this transition period, but Jim Hazlitt then figures it out. Now Hazlitt can take over, and you feel better about it. Cool. I, I just, long-term, I don't like it. Jimmy says it's a bad move, but I'm sure he's going to keep the scheme and the same defensive scheme uh, as before, maybe spice it up a little bit the way they did the offense. And the defense has been good. I, I think at one point it was playing really, really well early on in the season. I even happened? labeled them elite. And well, then what then injuries happened. Exactly. And like that, Malcolm but, Butler going down, Anadori Jackson going down, changed a lot of the things that Dean Pease was allowed to do defensively. Because But that's going to happen. Yeah, right, right. But it happened at, it happened at the same position is where it really hurt. Because LaShawn Sims also they got They still hurt. won games. They did, because their offense was scoring 31 points a game during that stretch. But when when three of your top four cornerbacks get hurt, like when three of your top four at any position gets hurt, it's going to significantly impact the way you can do things. So when Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson, LaShawn Sims are out, you can't blitz Kenny Vaccaro like you could before. Or blitz Logan Ryan like you could before, or blitz anybody really. You have to try to you know make sure you, you stay on your toes and keep everything in front of you. B Red asks, is P is Pease's kid still on staff? Actually, that just uh, was announced earlier this morning. He's going to be the head coach of his old high school in Liberty, Ohio. Funny the way that was phrased. Is Dean Pease's kid, Dean Pease's boy, still on that staff? Like. He's a grown man. Not anymore. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like Dean Pease himself is like 68 or 70 years old. 
something like that. Deep Matt Pease is like not a kid or boy or anything like that. No, he's, he's the head coach of high school now. I know. Uh, Dwayne says uh, he's going back to the. It's kind of funny. He's going back to the Adam Humphreys conversation. He says we got Eric Decker for one point five million and. Uh, Khalif Rabin is doing good. You don't need a $9 million slot receiver that gets hurt. It's been one year, Dwayne. Yeah, like, and he got hurt. Like if he gets hurt injury. if he gets hurt week one or week two or week three, he's out for the season next year, okay. I think now you have you something to stand on. But when, when you hurt an ankle, like you just – everybody hurts ankle. He was out for a while, though. We could, it was a, a head-scratcher of why is this guy out. Like, his ankle really must be well, messed up. Well, you know, up. like your guy Drake said, sprained ankles ain't nothing to play with. Yeah, and th- that is true. All right, A to Z Sports, our end of show topic, a follow-up on yesterday's discussion. Zach went to the doctor. He got his toe diagnosis. Yesterday uh, on the show, we talked about how four things could be wrong with Zach's injured toe. We have an answer, and we will all find out. I will find out what happened with that Zach's toe uh, the same time you guys will. But first, remind you guys, TennesseeTickets.com. You always are trying to find trust in the tickets that you buy. You're going um, online and you're purchasing a ticket to an event. There's always something in the back of your mind that's worried about getting scammed with a fake ticket because that's happened at times. But at TennesseeTickets.com, don't worry about that. They're local guys. They do great work. They are trustworthy. So your next ticket purchase, maybe it's Friday uh, with for Rolling Stones tickets or Dave Chappelle, Joe Rogan tickets that come out Friday at 10 a.m. at TennesseeTickets.com. Or maybe it's Preds, Titans, whatever it may be. Search your venue. They got it. TennesseeTickets.com. You can trust them. We trust them. We use them. TennesseeTickets.com. Promo code AZ10. Saves you another $10 off any ticket purchase at TennesseeTickets.com. All right. I've got some decisions to make. Okay. Good. Uh, here's what happened. So, as you know, I play basketball on a consistent basis. It's really been haggling me. My my big toe joint on my left foot. Okay? It finally got to a point where I was playing on it too much. I was having to ice it every single time after the game. It was, it was becoming a nuisance. So, I was like, I need to seek medical help. I went to my uh, joint doctor, my bone and joint doctor. Same guy who fixed your shoulder years ago. So trust has been Eric established. Says, talk about someone who's always on the injured list. Yeah, I, yeah, really. <laughs> but I'm not getting paid nine million dollars. No, you're not. So here is what happened. I go in there. I get X-rays. I knew that they were going to X-ray the thing. That was going to kind of tell them and guide them to what. This is what those are for. What What's going to happen? Yeah. So the four the four ideas that maybe we thought you know it could be could be gout. It could be a stress fracture. It could be arthritis or uh, what was the fourth one? Turf toe. Or turf toe. I didn't think it was going to be turf toe because that usually happens at the bottom of the foot and this was more of the top. Via WebMD, your own research. It is not turf toe. Okay. So you, and it is not gout. I knew it was not going to be gout. Gout was like the bottom options on my list, on my, in my opinion. So I thought it was a stress fracture. I also thought maybe it could be arthritis but uh i received some some sobering news yesterday uh and it is not a torn tendon that's good so i have a bone spur that has grown on the top of my big toe joint and it has gotten to a point that it will not heal on its own there is no stress fracture in the foot that's good but arthritis has set in. I have a decision to make. 
the only way to fix this and to continue my basketball playing days is surgically remove that bone spur. Now, I asked a lot of questions on what this surgery will do, what how long the recovery time is, but look, it's it's not a it's not a big time surgery. We're not talking about an ACL. No, it's very simple. It I is. have a, I also have a bone spur right here. It's a 30 minute surgery, but they've got to go in and they've got to cut this bone spur off. Yep. So it's very simple. Shave it is off. uh there's a bone spur right on the big joint and it will it only restricts me going up a certain level, right? Once it's cut out, I can go and get full reflex. I can get full reflex. Now, here's the one thing, and here's the scary thing. He's like, this arthritis ain't going away. And he goes, this has been going on for now a couple of years. It hasn't just been in the last several months. Right. It's been building up. It's a long-term injury. So what they do is they slice that bad boy. They go in there, and they shave it off and snip it. They sew it back up. And recovery time is... About six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's how long I, I will be out. And I, the first four to five days, I I've got to be really off of it. I mean, yes, I can walk in certain places, but the swelling is going to be at you know at, uh, an all time high. <laughs> and, and Alex goes in there <laughs> with a hard hitting comment on Periscopes, and he's talking about amputation. Amputation is not an option. Oh, that made me laugh so hard. So, uh, so, so here's a decision, right? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I got to make a choice, right? I, I value. So, but here's the other caveat. Doc said, I was like, can I play? It's like, Doc, I mean, is should I stop playing basketball? He goes, no. Don't no, stop. No. So you don't have to don't stop, stop playing basketball. Don't stop believing in your game. Don't, don't stop playing ball. I understand that ball is life. The surgery will fix it. You'll be able to play. It'll be like nothing happened. Eight weeks after, you'll rehab. You'll be back on the court. Yeah. He goes, or... You can just keep playing on it now. It's, it's not, just pain tolerance. Yeah, it's pain tolerance. Well, that's, that's the same thing with me because I went to the doctor in August because I had a shoulder issue where I was waking up in the middle of the night with shoulder pain. And I also have a bone spur on the top because bone spurs are your body's way of trying to heal its own break or heal its own injury. Right. And so I got hurt in high school, hurt my shoulder, did nothing with it, just allowed it, just kept rolling on with life. 12 years later, I can't sleep because a bone spur has grown big enough to annoy me constantly. And so, can you get a cortisone shot in your toe? Yeah, but that's not going to help me. He says, I, he, and he suggests that. He goes, I could sit here, I can give you a cortisone shot, and it will be good, but it's not going to fix the problem. The other thing he scared me to death on this, which is just the facts. Now that arthritis has set in on this joint, he's like, you know, eventually later in your life, you're going to have to get this toe fused. Oh, God. He's like, because it's it's not going to go anywhere. You know, arthritis has set in. And my right foot is fine. It's free and easy it's down your, the road. Every, all the other four toes on your left foot are fine. Yes, it's just, it's just this, this one yeah. toe joint. But once you, once you shave that off, because I eventually will have to have the same type of surgery to shave off this bone spur. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were already planning for it, right? All right, let's get the uh, HSA account built up. So we just roll through that with that. And so we're working on that for the that's My shoulder surgery will probably have to happen in the next three to five years, depending on my pain tolerance and what I do with it. 
And how many times can I keep getting cortisone shots to buy myself a few months? So here is my, my, my quandary. All right. Do I get the surgery now? Like here in the next couple of months, pull the trigger, go, or do I wait a year and just continue to manage the pain? Is it, is the, is it going to get worse the longer you wait? That's the that's the main question. It will no. It, the pain will continue to go up because the bone spur will continue to right, grow. and the likeliness of me jamming my toe again is probably pretty high. Like I've done, you know, twice in the last three months. Yeah, and that hurts, right? It doesn't affect. But and here's the thing: if I rest it and I stop for two weeks, it's gonna feel better. But but then you start playing again; it's gonna hurt again. Right. So right, like you can do. And, and so here's my thing. Do I start to reel back? I play basketball a lot. I play three times a week. Now I'm, I'm on three times a week right now. Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday. Do I pull this thing back and then wait for a year? Or do I just sit it out? When, I'm eventually going to have to have this When surgery. do you play basketball the least? Like what time of year do you play basketball the least? Probably in the wintertime. I'm a big outdoor basketball guy. So here's my other thing. I could be ready for summer, back ready for summer, if I get this thing right around now. Like if you go like NCAA first round tournament, because I'm going to be out. I could watch games all weekend. And then I, my six weeks to eight weeks starts then. That's mid-March. I go to mid-April, mid-May. May to June to July, the when, summertime. When do you play your most basketball? When it's I, I, I start outside? to play four to five times a week in the summer. Dwayne says just play golf. No, we've seen Zach try to do that. Here's the other thing. I could... Uh, this is going to hurt me to say. You could retire? I could retire. No, don't do that. I could retire and pick up a new hobby. No, don't do that. You're too young for... You're too young to retire from basketball playing from pickup basketball. I agree. And that, that would hurt me dearly. It would, it would, it's, it's something that I enjoy and I love. You can't do that. And you that's what doc, the doc told me not to do that. Yeah. Well, of course you listen to your doctor, even though he's just practicing, you listen to your doctor. Cause he's right. But he was, he was very, and he was, look, it's, he, he did. He goes, I do one of these once a week. Like he's, he's a, skilled. Yeah. Well, it's a common thing. It's a bone spur. But I, I, I don't want to hang them up. Well, I'm going to have to have a press conference. Bone spurs suck. I'll have to have, have an A to Z press conference. I'll have to have an A to Z press conference. We'll get Luke in here to ask you questions. I may. I, I, I don't know. So I got some big decisions so are you more on the horizon. Because DJ says Zach has foot arthritis, PTSD, LOL. So are you more worried about the bone spur or the arthritis? Oh, the arthritis. Yeah. I don't give a damn about the, the bone spur. <laughs> the, bone the bone spur can be removed. Arthritis, arthritis is, is a lifestyle. But will removing the bone spur help the arthritis? It, it will delay the arthritis. So right? I think I think you need to have, this is just my opinion, and I'm not following my own opinion because I also have a bone spur in my shoulder. I think you should have the surgery sooner rather than later so you can take advantage Live of my best life. as much basketball life as possible. You know? So so if if removing the bone spur sets the arthritis timeline back a little bit, have the bone spur removed sooner so you still have more lifespan of, of hooping. All right. Well, I thank you for your input, for everybody's input. Not me. I'm still waiting three years for my shoulder surgery. And I'm just going to cortisone shot every four months and see what happens.
So we'll, we'll find. So uh, I'll keep you guys updated on what's going on and my final decision. And you'll obviously know if I get the surgery. <laughs> so that that's uh that's the the diagnosis of my left big toe. We'll keep it monitored. I'm sure you guys are, bone spur. Yeah. Bone spur. Bone spur and arthritis. I've actually, I've recently gone on YouTube and I've watched how the surgery happens. Why would you do that? Because I need to know. Why would you watch, have you ever watched surgeries before? I mean, yeah. My doctor sent me like a, like a slideshow of my ACL surgery. Oh, go, go look at, go look at bone spur, big toe removal on YouTube. No, I don't want to. They slice this thing. I feel like I'm They open it up and they start (laughs) cutting away bone. I'm not doing that. I even watched a fusion, which was really like, how much time did you spend on this? Well, I am an information whore. I have to know. I have to know what I'm getting myself into. No, you just let it happen. No, it's, I, no I, I don't work like that. No, because for me, I'm like, well, I, that's going to be my shoulder at some point, getting that I did the cut. same thing with my labrum when I, I watched how that, that works. Robert says, it? if the surgery isn't put on live, I'll be highly disappointed. Maybe we can make that happen. I mean, you just got to sign a waiver. <laughs> it should be okay, right? We just see that. You have to shave. How it. many people would actually. Here's a weird thing, because it's in the top of your toe, right? Yeah. Do you have to shave your toe for the surgery? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have that much hair on, on that knuckle. Yeah. That top knuckle. You're thinking, if you look at your toe, you don't have hair on that knuckle. You have hair on the, the upper knuckle near your toe. Oh, so it's like closer to your foot. This is the ball. The top of the ball. The joint. The, oh, wow. This yeah, is joint. I, I, that sucked. I was thinking the other knuckle. No, this is big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shave it all, Brett says. <laughs> well, they'll be shaving that had, bone spur off. I had one shaven leg for a few months. Well, what decisions will be made? We'll find out. I'll keep you guys updated. Thank right. you guys for watching today. It's been a uh, uh, interesting show on a Tuesday. We talked about respect, talked about Tannehill's new uh, agent, and we talked about my toe. We'll be back with shade. I already have my shade. I do too. I'm so fired up at my shade because it really pissed me off and my wife off Saturday. Ooh. Really pissed us off. My shade is on somebody who got had by, I'm not even going to tease it. I'm not even going to tease it, it but it, it's really good. It has to do with 12 days. That's all I'll hit you with. 12 days of shade. No, it's no Stephen <laughs> T. All right, we'll see you guys later on. Have a good uh, rest of your Tuesday. Thanks. Adios.